Cats at Night. Now, here's John Katsimatidis. Welcome back to the John Katzmatidis Cats at Night show. In studio, we have Judge Richard Weinberg. We have Congressman Peter King, John Katzmatidis, and myself, Lydia Serrano. On the line with us right now, we have the former secretary to Governor Cuomo. She's also a Democratic strategist, and she's a prolific writer. You've been writing for the Daily Beast, and she's an all-around a smart smart lady. Right, John? That's what you call Absolutely. her, right? Absolutely. She knows it all. If there's anything and to know about know New York what politics, the heck, What the heck is going on in New York City, New York State? Why do they want to fire Jay Jacobs? Give us your evaluation. Melissa what DeRosa. Will do. Good to talk to all of you guys. So right now what you're seeing is the scapegoating that follows a sort of disaster, right? You have Democrats nationally celebrating that they were able to stave off this red wave that everyone was anticipating. You know, we thought we'd lose the Senate up to the seats. We thought the House would be gone at least 20, 25 seats. And now we're in a situation where... Chuck Schumer held his majority, and it looks like, you know, the House will likely go Republican, but it's going to be very, very tight. And everyone looks around the country, and where is the dark spot for the Democratic Party? And it's in New York, of all places, which is arguably the bluest state in the country. So now what happens? All the finger, all the finger pointing happens, right? Is it Sean Patrick Maloney's fault? Is it Jay Jacobs' fault? Is it Kathy Hochul's fault? Is it the Court of Appeals' fault? And I think what you're seeing is there's a sort of culmination happening with the far left wing of the party that is really going after the party chairman, Jay Jacobs. And so that's, you know, where we are. Um, I mean, from where I sit. So who's going after him? Is there a particular sector? Well, yeah, I mean, what you're seeing is AOC and you're seeing, you know, Biagi, you're seeing Yui New, you know, both of them just lost their seats. Um, and they're sort of holding on to this piece, I think, is a bid for relevance. Um, but it's the far left wing of the party has, you know, come up in arms against Jay Jacobs. Hochul was asked about it at SOMOS. She immediately out of the gate said, I thought Jay Jacobs did a phenomenal job and he's not going anywhere. So she's sort of put herself in a box, too, because now if she gives in. She's weak right out of the gate. Right. You're, you just got elected governor by the slimmest margin since 1994. And if you give in to this, you know, all these people holding pitchforks saying they want Jay's head on pitchfork right after you just said he wasn't going anywhere, then she's a weak governor right out of the box. Um, But they don't seem to be letting up right away. So it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. This is this is Pete King. Good to talk with you. Let me just say as an outsider, as a Republican, I think Jay Jacobs is the ultimate professional. And I'm really delighted that Democrats didn't listen to him over the last six months or a year because he was really sounding the alarm going back a year ago. Absolutely. He's the one who understood the crime issue for the Democrats. Well, and I was going to say, Congressman, and it's great to hear your voice. I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, Laura and, and Todd can were the canary in the coal mine, right? Like, what happened in 2022 shouldn't be a shock to anyone because it happened in 2021. We saw Nassau County right. go red in 2021, primarily on the crime issue. It's a little bit more than just, I think it was also sort of a reaction to not being happy with how things are going with one-party rule at Albany and in the city. And so I think that we started to see the tide turn here, and I think Jay was out there sounding the alarm bells. And, you know, I talk to Jay all the time. I talk to a lot of people who are people in the hopeful campaign, and it sort of sounds to me like he was telling them much earlier, you know, we've got to be out addressing the crime issue, but their out-of-state consultants were just wholly focused on Trump and abortion, and I think they frankly blew it. So I think everyone's looking to point fingers and blame. Um, And I think that, you know, also, Pete, as you know, Congressman, excuse me, when the governor of your own party is in state, that 
person is the head of the state party. So, I mean, Jay Jacobs is, you know, in a lot of ways, he's a figurehead. In a lot of ways, there are functionary roles that he plays, but really it belongs to the governor. And so if there was some, you know, total miscalculation at the top of the ticket or people weren't dealing with crime governmentally, politically, I think that, you know, people should take an honest assessment of where that blame lies. You're right. No no state chairman is going to tell the governor what to do. Yeah, but look, Melissa, it's Richard Weinberg. In fairness, it's the legislative leaders. It's Hasty and Stuart Cousins who refuse to budge on meaningful bail reform. That's the that's the problem. And they wrapped it around them, and justifiably so, because the crime is still escalating. It's still a dangerous place out there. The perception is awful, and Hasty and Stuart Cousins refuse to deal with it, and they've wrapped it around the Democratic Party. But, see, you know what I don't understand? And maybe, and maybe Melissa, you, 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 you would tell me. Uh, I mean, we all want to tell the truth to the public. And and the governor, who I love, and you know, she she stands up there and gets uh, uh, the Hillary Clinton, and she gets uh, uh, Obama, and she gets all of them, and they all say there is no crime problem. Do they live in a well, different I, planet, or do I no, live and, in a different planet? And John, I, I can't agree with you more. I mean, the the larger, you know, the even more absurd thing that I'm seeing is people blaming Eric Adams and saying, "Oh, it's Eric Adams' fault because he's talking about crime." It's like and, just because you don't talk yeah. about crime doesn't mean crime isn't an issue. Did, did so you read the op-ed piece yeah. that Eric Adams came up with? I did. I did. I yeah, saw give that us your evaluation of that. I mean, look, I think that we have to figure this out fast. I think that in New York, you know, this was an instance where all politics was local. I think that the local issues on the ground overcame the national. I think that people didn't really feel threatened by abortion in a state as blue as New York, where it's been the law since Governor Cuomo made it the law in 2019. People know these facts. So I think that when they tried to create more of a boogeyman in some of the national issues here on the ground, it didn't work. And I think that Democrats and I said I've been saying this on your show for a few weeks and I've written about it. it. It's you know, I think there's a real disconnect between Democrats on the left right now and people on the ground with how they're feeling. And I'm not saying that you should overly hype the issue, but to ignore the issue. I mean, people are getting pushed on subway tracks. People are getting punched on the face standing on street corners. A woman without for a job. That's why I said that. Are we are we morning. are we living in a different planet? I mean, well, and that's. And that's the thing. And I think that people get angry. And I think that you saw that, John. I mean, Congressman, you were around in 94. Like, when was the last time you had where Republicans statewide, and this is not George Pataki, you know, he's not more of what I put in the moderate camp like you. You know, he was very far to the right. He was a big Trump supporter, election denier, anti-choice. And he came within five points of being governor of the state of New York. Also, you know, I mean, if that's not a wake up call, I don't know what is, you know, talk about Nassau County. I mean, just take you know, the district I live in now, Anthony D'Esposito. There were 75,000 more registered Democrats. They had a, a top tier candidate in uh, Laura Gillen running on the Democratic line. Every ad was about abortion. And D'Esposito won by focusing on crime and inflation, he won by 11,000 votes in a district where there's 75,000 more Democrats, and that's been Democrat and, and that's since all, 1996. And that's all I've been saying is all I want I, – I, I, you know, I'm the middle-of-the-road person. All I want is law and order, and all I want is uh, that uh, congestion pricing, which is probably going to happen now, is, is, is a bunch of crap. Look, I think public safety is job one for government, and I think that that is a big reason why the people elected Eric Adams, a cop, to be mayor right. at a time when people 
felt physically insecure and, you know, economically insecure. They felt like he was a law and order guy who was going to grab the reins and who was going to do something about it. And the fact that people didn't see in the New York City election of Eric Adams and the rejection of Todd Kaminsky and Laura Kern, who, by the way, was really just swept out with the Todd Kaminsky current. I mean, Laura did everything right as as county executive. He's a very decent person. Yeah. But I think that, you know, there is this problem and it's it's not just a political issue where it's like, you guys, we have to get this together. You're going to keep seeing us lose and the state go purple. But it's governmentally your responsibility. And so I think, you know, acknowledging a crisis is the first step to solving one. And I think that everyone needs to. That's you know, why I was in. You know how close. Figure it out. You know, that's why I was shocked when all the high level Democrats, uh, presidents, uh, and uh, secretary of states, et cetera, et cetera, came up and said there is no crime, or it's a it's a GOP conspiracy. Conspiracy. You know, look, I think that when you're going out as a surrogate for a candidate, you tend to stick to the talking points they give you. But you, you got to tell I the do- truth. No, I I know, I know. And I do think that, you know, but for the voter enrollment advantage, and I think that the New York Post, frankly, helped her out because I think that by sounding the alarm on the front page every day saying Zeldin was going to win, they ended up getting a bunch of people out who otherwise would have stayed home and were voting against a Trump Republican, not necessarily for Kathy Hochul. I think, but for that, it could have been a, a different election day. And so I think that people need to get with it. And this isn't yeah. about surviving an election. It's about now do your job. Melissa, I, I, we got to go. We got some breaking news from the Far East with Gordon Chang. And we'll talk more later on this week. And, and thank you for enlightening all New Yorkers. Thank you Most so I think you should thank, thank Donald Trump for endorsing Joe. And, and I support uh, uh, Jay thank Jacobs. He's a very decent person. Thank you. <laughs> talk soon, guys. Bye. Thank you. Bye. This is Cats at Night on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Hi, it's Lou Dobbs for Priority Gold, America's precious metals dealer. These are volatile times with high inflation, soaring debt, wars on multiple continents, and rising financial stress. Central banks are buying gold to diversify their reserves, so are many Americans. Call Priority Gold and find out how precious metals can help you diversify your portfolio. They're highly rated and happy to help. Call 1-866-303-6357 or get a free gold guide at PriorityGoldGuide.com. That's Priority. PriorityGoldGuide.com.